The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. This is Goodnight Maryland Radio with your host, Nina Bosky. It's been more than 50 years since the tragic death of one of Hollywood's biggest stars at the time and in history, Marilyn Monroe. Nina seeks to uncover the life and death of this legendary star as it coincides with the pre-production of the feature film, Goodnight Marilyn. You'll get a chance to question, explore, and discover the secrets surrounding what really happened that fateful night back in 1962. Let's start the conversation. Here is the host of Goodnight Marilyn Radio, Nina Bosky. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the show. I am your host, Nina Bosky. It's Goodnight Maryland Radio. We are exploring the investigation, the life, and the movie all surrounding Marilyn Monroe. Very excited because uh, as it relates to the movie, as you know, we started our not just national search, but global search of Marilyn, who's going to play the the role of Marilyn Monroe. And we have been getting submissions from all, all over the world. So I want to say thank you for that. Uh, as you know, we are looking for a very special actress to play Marilyn. Uh, She's very layered, so it's not that you just look like Marilyn or that you can personify the Marilyn Monroe character, but we're looking for that special quality that has all of the nuances and essence of Marilyn. And uh, that is, a, uh, I would say, a very unique role, and uh, it's going to take a very special actress to do that. So keep them coming in. We will uh, be uh, playing this through uh, in terms of the audition this first phase until June 1st, which is uh, Marilyn's birthday. Uh, we have a shout out uh, Jeannie in Reno, Nevada, Carrie in Bend, Oregon, James from uh, Silver Spring, Maryland, and Bettina from Ashford, England. So, hello to all of our Goodnight Maryland fans. As you know, last week we were talking about is suicide really suicide? Well, this week, The topic of this week's show is The Mind of Marilyn, Exploring Her Mental Health and Addictions. I want to say thank you to uh, Randall Libero, who's our executive executive producer. Also, Kevin is uh, our engineer today. A special shout out to him. And Drew Masters could not do this show without you. So uh, coming up in just a few minutes, Lois Banner. I've had the pleasure of sitting next to her at the memorial service uh, for Maryland that's held each year at the Westwood Memorial Park here in Los Angeles. And I realized then that she was a wealth of information about Maryland. Lois Banner has her Ph.D. from Columbia University and is an honored professor of history at the University of Southern California, my uh, alma mater, and uh, where she taught for 30 years. She is also an author of many books and scholarly uh, articles on women and gender, including two books on Marilyn. Marilyn Monroe, Personal, a a book taken from her file cabinets, was published by uh, New York publisher Harry Abrams, and Marilyn, The Passion and the Paradox, which was published by Abrams, uh, Bloomsbury Press, excuse me, and widely reviewed throughout the United States and the world. It was listed by the London Times as one of the 10 best books of 2012. 
12. And then we'll have uh, Gary Vitaco Robles in with us again. Uh, he is a licensed mental health counselor and a national certified counselor specializing in trauma-informed care during the last two decades, whose background includes working with adults and children diagnosed with serious psychiatric orders, disorders, I should say. Gary is also the author of Cursum, Perficio, Marilyn's Monroe's Brentwood Hacienda, the story of her final months, and what critics are touting as a definitive uh, biography of Marilyn, the two-volume, I think he said last week, it's not 800 pages, 1,800 pages. I should know that. I have the two-volume sitting right here. I've been using it as my reference point. Icon, the life, the times, and films of Marilyn Monroe. And then later in the hour, we're going to have Dr. Reef Kareem. He is a clinical psychologist, not psychologist, clinical psychiatrist and behavioral profiler, um, as well as an assistant professor at UCLA. He will join us in giving us more insight into the specifics on some of the mental disorders we may be discussing today and the various treatments. Of course, back then, they were uh, common practice. Today, they would probably be deemed very inappropriate. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll look at it from you know, a historical standpoint and also today um, as it relates to possibly uh, reopening this case. And then in our last segment, I have a special segment. I have uh, invited psychic medium Robin Alexis, who will be bringing insight from uh, the spirit world around Maryland. Well, I want to say thank you so much for joining us. Uh, as you know, we we are starting a community on our website, goodnightmarilyn.com. You can join there, get all the updates, not only on the movie, but the investigation. It's right there on the front page. Also want to break down this show a little bit for you. Um, I was getting emails uh, last week. It's kind of interesting. Um, you know, this week and last week is really about uh, her suicide, mental disorders, addictions, right? But some of you emailed me and said, well, I don't think it was suicide and I don't think it was uh, accidental. I think she was murdered. And that's, you know, you're leaving stuff out. I just want you to know, because there's so much information as it relates to Marilyn's life and death, uh, we just have to break it down. So next month, I just want you to know we're going to get into all the different theories in terms of how she died. So, and I want to also put out there, if anybody has any information, we have been, you know, solicited with some information, right, uh, about uh, Marilyn and her possible, uh, her possible death. If you have information, I want to invite you to definitely um, contact us. But what I do not want to have happen, if you had your mother or your brother or your you know, uncle that was there the night that Marilyn died, but you cannot verify it, we're not the ones you should contact. But if you do have information that is specific and can be verified, new information, definitely contact us. As you know, we are looking into the case. We have a petition. I want to invite all of you to go to uh, goodnightmarilyn.com, the petition tab right there. It's really strictly dealing with one layer of the case. Um, we're not getting into all the murder theories and all of that, but the, the suicide verdict there's enough information out there that it should be looked at again, and uh, we could possibly overturn this verdict from probable suicide to at least accidental and at the very least undetermined. 
for right now. But that's just one portion of the case, okay? So I just want to let you know. Um, also, last week, I did say that, you know, this is a very sensitive subject. It's a very real subject, even though we're talking about somebody who passed away 52 years ago. Suicide, mental disorders, bipolar, some of the things that we're going to be talking about today, um, we should not be taking them lightly. So if you or somebody you know uh, mm-hmm. may be, you know, uh, dealing with this issue, I want to give the National Suicide Hotline. It is 1-800-273-8255. That's 1-800-273-8255. You can also go to the the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline, suicidepreventionlifeline.org. And I'm also going to put out a, uh, a website for people who may be dealing with depression and bipolar. It's DBS Alliance. That's D like in like a dog, B like in boy, S like in Sam, alliance.org. Well, that's a lot. We have a lot to cover. I feel like I'm just, just rolling through it because we have so much uh, to talk about today. So last week we were just getting started, and uh, we'll spend the next uh, four weeks. Uh, we could probably just spend the la- the next four weeks on this theory alone, but I'm hoping um, we can come back to these subjects a little bit later in the in you know in the, in the show series. But I wanted to invite Lois Banner on with the show on the show with us today because. As I said, she's an honor professor at the history of, of history at the University of Southern California, where she did teach for many, many years. And uh, her latest book, Marilyn, the Passion and the Paradox, she has a lot of information around uh, Marilyn. And I just want to say welcome to the show. I'm glad to be here. Well, I, we have a lot to cover, and Lois, you know, you had a lengthy interview with Robert Lippman, and for people who are just tuning in and might not know who Robert Lippman is, there's a lot of different characters. He was the head of the suicide prevention team when Marilyn's death was uh, being explored. So tell us and bring us a little bit into the light of that conversation. Well, Robert Littman was asked by uh, Theodore Curfee, who was uh, the coroner, to do an investigation on Marilyn, but he was specifically told not to look into the causes of her death, but only to determine if she might have taken her life. So... He interviewed uh, her doctors, he interviewed her psychiatrists, psychoanalysts, he talked to the people in New York in the hospital where she had been put in a locked ward, uh, and all he found out was that she was troubled and disturbed, and there had been suicide attempts. He gave no definitive statement that she had committed suicide. He did not give a written report to Curfee because Curfee did not want a written report. But now, he why, told me, excuse why was, me? Why was that? Did he say why? He, he wasn't no, allowed to give No, he a- didn't. He, he, he didn't say anything about why no written report. He was very positively inclined toward Curfee. He thought Curfee wanted to get it done as soon as possible and that Curfee did not want any more intrusions because the public was like going very, very uh, crazy over Marilyn's death. He just wanted a statement so he could give a and the official verdict on her death and try to stop all the speculation. 
you know, that in itself, right? Just in the sense of just putting that kind of probable suicide without looking into the cause of death just seems unbelievably um, premature. Uh, so, so here's the other thing. Lippman was close to the coroner, and he was also Greenson. Uh, Greenson was Lippman's teacher. I mean, that just seems very enmeshed in terms of relationships back then. Uh, I think that we would really question that today. I don't think people knew that then. It's what Lippman told me. Uh, they all were involved in the psychoanalytic institutes uh, that were very flourishing at that point in Los Angeles. They still exist today, but they were a very big deal in the psychiatric community then. Wow. uh, Littman himself was very upset that it was handled this way. He didn't feel that he was really surprised when this partial report was used to say she had probably committed suicide. Yeah, and that just, uh, you know, and, and so, so tell me a little bit about Greenson and, uh, you know, what was his take on it from Lippmann's point of view? Um, well, uh, when Lippmann interviewed Greenson, Greenson broke down sobbing. And so the whole session turned into a grief counseling session. Greenson was very upset uh, that Marilyn had died. He didn't want it to be judged a suicide. That would have hurt him terribly professionally. And he was very upset because Littman found out that she had been given two 25-pill prescriptions of uh, Nembutal uh, the day or two before she died by first uh, Engelberg, who was the... Um, uh, general practitioner on the case, and also by Lee Siegel, who was the 20th Century Fox doctor. Yeah, and so we're going to have to take a quick break. I'm going to bring in Gary Vitaco Robles too, because he actually has a list of some of uh, you know uh, what she was taking that uh, that uh, summer. And I think this will be good in terms of our discussion because when I looked at that list, I said, "Lord, there was a lot of prescriptions." So let's take a, a short break. You're listening to Goodnight Maryland Radio, and we are exploring the mind of Maryland. Ask the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787. Hello? And ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Mad Genius Radio presents Marilyn. For those of us who can't get enough of Marilyn Monroe, especially her iconic musical performances, Mad Genius Radio has expertly curated a genre of hundreds of tracks performed by Marilyn and friends. It is the quintessential collection of music for a journey of glamour, grace, and allure. Listen for free only on Mad Genius Radio. Available in the App Store, Google Play, and desktop at madgeniusradio.com. There are over 140 million products manufactured worldwide. It is impossible to know the ingredients in these products, especially those made overseas. Stan Salat, creator of the HSF Mark and the Counterfeit Mark Alliance, is the host of People to People, working together for your safety. Stan believes in our right to know the type and amount of hazardous materials in consumer products and whether they are counterfeit. Find out how you can protect yourself every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern on Voice America Variety. News. Opinion. Hear me. 
Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Goodnight Maryland Radio. Help us explore the mystery that is and was Marilyn Monroe. Call into our program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to MarilynLiveTalk at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hi, I'm Greg Schreiner for Marilyn Remembered. Did you know that of all the incredible film roles that Marilyn had... One of her favorites was her earliest starring role in Don't Bother to Knock, in which she played an emotionally disturbed teenager. For Good Night, Marilyn Radio and Marilyn Remembered, I'm Greg Schreiner. Hi, everybody. You're listening to Good Night, Marilyn Radio. And if you'd like to uh, ask us a question, please, MarilynLiveTalk at gmail.com. That's MarilynLiveTalk at gmail.com. Also, we'd like to do our misquote of the week. It's not our quote of the week. It's our misquote of the week. And this is, uh, this is another one that I thought, oh, it's such a great quote. But Marilyn Monroe did not say it. It's better to be absolutely ridiculous than absolutely boring. When you see Marilyn Monroe saying that, or you have a quote, that is not Marilyn Monroe. So that is a definite misquote. So let's get right back to our show. As I said, you're listening to Goodnight Marilyn Radio. My guests are Lois Banner and Gary Vitaco Robles. Um, Lois, right before the right before the break, um, we were talking about Robert Littman. What is his theory, if he has one, on what actually did happen to her? Well, it is a theory. He wasn't there that last day. This all comes after the fact. He believed, in fact, that Greenson, uh, Maryland, was in deep transference with Greenson, and Greenson was in partial counter-transference. And I should say that Littman was very critical of Greenson's treatment of Maryland with me. Uh, but he said that what is key to understanding her death is that they called Greenson that last Saturday to come over late in the afternoon, and Greenson went and stayed for 45 minutes an hour, thought he calmed her down, but then he left. Um, Littman felt that Marilyn felt abandoned by Greenson and that Greenson wouldn't come back that night to see her and that uh, she took an overdose because of that reason. It seems far-fetched to me, but that was his theory. Oh, wow. So, um, Gary, I'd like to introduce you to the conversation. Gary Vitaco Robles, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me back, Nina. Yeah, and so let's talk a little bit uh, about that and what she was actually, because, you know, it wasn't just Greenson that was involved in her treatment. Um, There were a variety of doctors. Let's go over what, over the last couple of months, she was prescribed. Well, in reviewing the prescriptions that have all gone to auction and are available now on the Internet, I was able to find 50 medications, I'm sorry, 20 medications prescribed between June 5 and August 3rd most of them being by um, Hyman Engelberg. And there is a huge amount of sedative drugs, mostly barbiturates, that are prescribed. Um, And I've I've kind of corresponded them to the events in Marilyn's life. Uh, It seems like, you know, her her, um, comorbidity diagnosis of endometriosis 
uh, was probably flared up that summer as well. And so there's, there's lots of pain-killing medications. But um, on one day alone, July 10th, she's prescribed three different types of sedatives, Valmid, Seconol, and Tuanol, a total of uh, 100 tablets. Wow. Wow. And then uh, close to her, the thing that, and I'll open the discussion for both of you on this, this question, but um, were Greensen and Engelberg in contact with what she was taking? Because it was my impression that Greensen was trying to detox her. And it sounds like Engelberg was just giving her uh, lots of different medications and then denying it, especially after her death. Well, they were supposed to be consulting because Greensen was not the prescriber. However, my understanding was that um, Engelberg um, was having uh, marital difficulties during that summer, and he kind of r- r- wrote off some distraction due to that. Wow. And Lois, what's your understanding? Um, I don't disagree uh, with Gary. Uh, I think that uh, uh, Engelberg was kind of a lone wolf in all of this. Remember that it wasn't completely agreed at that point in time that prescribing all these drugs was necessarily bad for an individual. Now, it was somewhat known, but not entirely known, and uh, lone wolf doctors like Engelberg would simply prescribe whatever a patient seemed to want. Yeah, that's Which it. Is not to exonerate him, but to say that what is what went on. Greenson was very surprised well, that all the it, drugs it, were being prescribed for Mel. At least that's what he told Littman, and he was supposed to monitor the whole thing. Well, and that's the thing, you know, you look at modern day, uh, you know, you look at modern day, uh, you know, uh, information here. And sure enough, we had an email last week, Susie Kennedy says that if it happened in 2015, Engelberg and Greenson would be facing manslaughter manslaughter charges and Jackson's doctor obviously is in jail. So you look at, uh, you know, some of that stuff is still happening today, but uh, we'd be looking at it very, very differently. So let's get in the local community had some um, impressions about this as well, because I know there's a story that comes from the screenwriter Henry Efren, and he uh, states that when um, Engelberg uh, went to the Hillcrest Country Club the Monday after Marilyn died, some members of the the community that were also members kind of roughed him up and threw him up against lockers, so they clearly had an impression of, of the way he operated or the way he prescribed, and on some level were at least holding him partially responsible. Wow. It's just, uh, you know, there's a lo- lot of things in this case. Just, you know, let's just take this portion alone that are unanswered. That alone should be a reason why we should at least open this portion of the case. Just this portion alone has so many unanswered questions and things that uh, I think really need uh, looking at. So let's look at, a, we, ta- we touched on it last week. Um, Gary, we talked about her potentially being uh, having some disorders. Um, I'm going to ask both of you. I'll start with you, Lois, because I know a little bit of what Gary um, is is leaning towards. What do you think that uh, Marilyn was suffering from at that time, based on your research? Well, certainly she had a bipolar condition, 
because she was very up and down. And even on a daily basis, she would go up on a high and down on a low. She not only suffered from the depressive side of manic depressive disorder, but she also suffered from the manic side, which probably was one of the reasons for her creativity in films. But then she would fall into the depression, which would make her take to her bed and could cause uh, some really nasty behavior on her part. She was not, she was lovely when she was lovely, but she could be really terrible when she was terrible. And Gary, what do you think? I completely agree with, with Lois. I think and, you know, there's clear markers for both the, 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 prep, the depressive episodes and the manic episodes, even the hypomanic episodes. And I think we could even trace it back to a genetic predisposition because her, her mother was diagnosed with schizophrenia paranoid type and her maternal grandmother was diagnosed with manic depressive disorder, which was just an earlier label for what we now call um, bipolar disorder. Only I believe the grandmother, during her highs and lows, um, she went into a psychotic state. Uh, we also have a, a, a maternal great-grandfather who took his own life by hanging in the early 30s. Um, but I would, I would um, I have an impression to add. I think the bipolar is certainly primary, and it really rears its ugly head in the mid-50s. But I would have to say that just looking back at Marilyn's childhood and the complex trauma she survived and what we now know about children who experience neglect, sexual abuse, and physical abuse, multiple episodes in their childhood uh, during the time that their brains are developing, this really uh, creates a rewiring of the brain. And so, you know, I would say that the, the trauma... Um, probably created a post-traumatic stress disorder so that her traumatic experiences um, continued to impact her in her life and in her current um, interactions with people. Um, and probably underlying all of this, uh, there's, she really meets many of the criteria for borderline personality disorder, and we could talk more about that in detail um, and I think there's significance to the physical diagnosis which she had, was, which was endometriosis, which created chronic pain from the time she reached menarche at 13, and she continued to have surgeries multiple times um, uh, throughout her life uh, and suffered from excruciating pain on a very regular basis. And I guess so- lastly, we have to look at the co-occurring um, substance misuse and, and how that became a disorder. And, um, you know, long-term use of barbiturates will create the paranoia, the suicidal ideas, the nightmares, the irritability, the anxiety, all of the things that um, these other disorders could create as well. So I think the medications which might have been uh, indicated at the time, unfortunately, exacerbated the symptoms that were already present. So, you know, there's, it's so interesting. We're getting a, an email, uh, from Karen and she is from Sherman Oaks and she's asking, she said, uh, didn't the doctors, if they knew that, why were they over prescribing her? That's what they're asking. Lois, do you want to answer that question? Or, uh, or maybe <clears throat> Well, the state of psychiatric medicine at the time Greenson was practicing it was simply not as sophisticated as today. I have argued, in line with what Gary is saying, that she suffered from what they call spectrum disorder. I'm sure she had um, <clears throat> uh, anxiety syndrome, uh, 
PTSD. I also think she had a bit of multiple personality disorder, which is now called um, disassociation. And the doctors uh, weren't aware of all of these ramifications. Bipolar wasn't a new diagnosis, but they were working with what it meant. Uh, and um, so that all has to uh, be looked into in uh, looking at her. I don't believe that her um, psychosis, if it is a psychosis, was simple at all. It was very complicated. And they were not far enough advanced in medical and uh, psychiatric knowledge to put all this together. Now, remember, all these men were psychoanalysts. They were Freudians. And um, Greenson was even a, a really unreconstructed Freudian. So he's analyzing most of this in terms of her uh, what he sees as her sexual relationships with her parents. So he is not, um, you know, doing the kind of complex reasoning with her that we would do today. Um, and the drugs were just being prescribed in those days. They were, they were being prescribed to very freely to almost anyone who wanted them. The yeah. uh, Nembutal and all of that, was they were seen as miracle drugs, and it wasn't exactly the way it was today. But I am aware, as Gary said, of that incident where Engelberg was roughed up <clears throat> in the country club. So there was yeah. some realization that something was off in the way that Marilyn was being treated. And I would have so, to agree with everything that, that, that Lois says. We, you know, we did not have mood-stabilizing drugs. And unfortunately, if, if Marilyn would have had access to that as a treatment option, you know, my guess is that she could very well be alive today. And really, the antidepressant drugs, they really weren't coming out until the late 50s. And I only see one prescribed uh, to Marilyn um, at the time. And I think even Engelbert misspells it on the prescription because yeah. it was only being used so, since 61. So guys, we have to take a, a quick break. I know there's just so much here. Um, and we're going to continue the conversation. You're listening to Goodnight Marilyn Radio. I'm Nina Bosky, and we'll be back in just a moment. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, Hello? and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Are you experiencing a relationship or a relation slip? Without the carefully measured balance of spirit and ego, it might not be what you want it to be. On Relation Slips with Dr. Bobby Summer and Lori Lynn Mann, we'll explore relationships from two unique ends of the spectrum. In addition, we'll have amazing guests, both experts and celebrities, and we'll hear from you too. Relation Slips can be heard live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time and 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Genius Radio presents Marilyn. For those of us who can't get enough of Marilyn Monroe, especially her iconic musical performances, Mad Genius Radio has expertly curated a genre of hundreds of tracks performed by Marilyn and friends. It is the quintessential collection of music for a journey of glamour, grace, and allure. Listen for free only on Mad Genius Radio. Available in the App Store, Google Play, and desktop at madgeniusradio.com. News. 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 News.
Your voice counts. Call toll-free 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Goodnight Maryland Radio. Help us explore the mystery that is and was Marilyn Monroe. Call into our program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to MarilynLiveTalk at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. Hi, everybody. Welcome to uh, Goodnight Maryland Radio. I'm not quite sure who we have on the air with us. Uh, we were supposed to have Dr. Reef, uh, Dr. Uh, Reef Kareem, um, but I think we have our other guest on. Um, uh, is this Robin Alexis that's on with us? Yes. Okay. Um, uh, Robin, um, I'm going to, you know, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to switch gears just a little bit um, because we actually had uh, uh, Dr. Reef Kareem. I don't know if he's, is he on the air with us too? No, we don't know yet. Uh, okay, so uh, Lois and uh, Gary, if you can uh, just hold on here, we're, we're going to switch gears here. and We're going to talk uh, a little bit. Uh, we we're supposed to talk a little bit more about, uh, obviously, uh, Marilyn and her um, uh, mental health and the mind of Marilyn because uh, Dr. Reef is a psychiatrist and was going to uh, be talking about uh, her, obviously, obviously, her medications. Uh, but with this, let's, we'll switch gears and we'll, we'll go with the energy here. Um, Robin Alexis is a psychic medium who's been uh, the host of her radio show, Mystic Radio, with Robin Alexis for nine years. She has worked on government and law enforcement cases and will be helping us with the investigation from, let's just say, the spirit world and has been facilitating communication between Marilyn Monroe and people who wanted to speak directly to her since 1998. So uh, Lois and Gary, just hold on as we're uh, kind of going with this flow in this segment and hopefully we'll be able to bring Dr. Reef back in the next segment. So uh, where was, welcome to the show, by the way. Thank you. (laughs) So where was Marilyn's mind at the time of her death on a psychic level, do you think? Well, I have asked her that, and she has told me that her thoughts were not on dying, that during the moments of her dropping her body, she was very aware of what was happening, and quite frankly, she still is. She's very grateful to all of you for everything that you're doing to keep this alive, to get her story out. So she's thanking you very, very much for that. Well, um, Robin, um, we have a, a, a call from, not a call from, uh, a message from Chris on Marilyn Live Talk. She, he, he wants to know what, or it might be a female, wants to know what's Marilyn's message for us. Marilyn's message for us is that she is an advocate for uh, herself and other souls on the other side who need people to understand that there's a lot more going on than meets the eye. And she's really encouraging people to go ahead and sign that petition because if she can't even get her cold case open, then what about all these other people? So. Uh, the way that Marilyn is expressing herself right now, she's like a human, human, humanitarian on the other side for these souls, really wanting to help people who have transitioned for one reason or another who had issues similar to her own. 
Wow. Well, um, let me ask you a question because we were just getting into her mental health. And does Marilyn feel she was addicted to drugs and or alcohol? Um, and does she feel that that played a role in her death? She says she was not addicted to alcohol. She does feel she was dependent on medications. But with, uh, like any of us, we sometimes become addicted to doctor-prescribed medications. And she says, I think if I had been diagnosed with cancer and was being treated for that, you would not be asking me that question, am I addicted to drugs? Um, She says by going in that direction, it makes it look like she did take her own life. Wow. That's that's pretty profound, given the fact of our conversation today. Um, so so here's a question that Jane from Austin says. This is actually kind of a fun question that we're getting. It says, um, how, she wants to know, how do all of they, meaning Marilyn, um, how do they all interact on the other side once they've died? Like the Rat Pack, the Kennedys, Jackie O, how does that all work? Do they interact? And if so, is it similar to the way that they interact on Earth? Has anybody ever asked you that question? That's kind of an interesting question. Well, what's interesting is yesterday, live on my show, Mystic Radio with Robin Alexis, Marilyn uh, was there, and then Joe came through, and Joe shocked me. He said that um, he is not with Marilyn, and he thought when he was alive, he just thought he'd go be with Marilyn, and that she's so preoccupied with taking care of the situation that the two of them have not connected. Um, I've also been a medium for uh, JFK, for Jackie Onassis, for JFK Jr., and each of them have issues that they're still very involved with still in terms of what's going on in the world today. So I think at some point they may be interacting, but they're not right now. They're still very earthbound in a lot of different ways. Wow. So, so let me ask you, this is kind of an interesting question, too. I, people have heard me say this about uh, my intention here for um, not only the petition, but the investigation now. Part of it, as I look at it, you know, here we have Lois Banner, who is a historian. It is historical. It's 52 years ago. A lot of the players have now passed, right? And I look at this time in history, we still have the ability to kind of the, as my intention was and is, is the truth will set you free. Does Marilyn think that this is a good time for us to really reopen the case? And does it have a good time, a good uh, uh, energy behind it to actually have this actually come through? Marilyn is saying that she doesn't feel that any other time has presented for it to come through, that this is the first gateway for an opportunity of this magnitude to present, and that she's very disturbed when she looks at what's still going on, not only with women, but with the civil rights issues. She is very strongly uh, wanting to have a voice still about, you know, lifting the consciousness She says she was always about that. She was a very conscious person. She took every step she could to manage herself and her world with as much pure-hearted quality as possible. And she's still about that. And she feels like we're right on a cusp where, yes, this is the perfect time to answer your question. Well, one of the one of the other things that I think is important is is what does she think about? I mean, she's one of the only stars, really, that has this kind of magnitude and popularity 52 years later. What does she think of that? 
Well, the first thing she is bringing up again is that she doesn't understand why there haven't already been 100,000 people who have signed her petition <laughs> to open her case. Yes. So she's saying in, a, in some ways it's been a bit of a comeuppance to her because she thought that this would roll along a little bit more effortlessly than it is. And she's um, like so many people who have dropped their bodies. They wish they had a body so they could take the action of signing the petition and getting things out. And she's also said, and she's saying it again, that she's not just doing this for her, that there are other souls on the other side, whether they're victims or they're victimizers, in her case and in others, where people's souls are restless. And we really need to understand that because our day is going to come too. Well, I just think it's interesting because, you know, when we did the petition, somebody said, you want to put 10,000, you know, just 10,000? I said, no, 100,000, right? And I thought, oh, Lordy, we got 100,000 signatures. And just like she's thinking, you know, hey, that should be easy, right? So, hey, for all of you listening, go to uh, goodnightmarilyn.com, go to the petition tab and sign it and ask just five of your friends to sign it as well. Because actually that's, we, we are getting a lot of momentum to open this case, but we do need your support. And how wonderful it's going to be if we could go uh, to the LAPD and say, this is the public, and they are asking that you open this case up. So, so so thank you for that wonderful reminder. We have to take a break. Is there anything else that you want to mention uh, before we go to break? Well, um, this is a question that Marilyn is asking Lois for some reason. Um, she wants to know if the autopsy said anything concerning whether she had been pregnant or not at the time of her death. And I don't know if you can answer that right now. Um, Lois, are you on with us? She might not be. She I might am on be. with it. Okay. So, Lois, what do you say to that? Um, what I say to that is most of my information about the autopsy comes from John Minor, who was there, there when it was done, and he says there was no evidence she was pregnant. Okay, which is what I thought you were going to say. A lot of times when I work with women who have crossed over and they've had miscarriages, they get very confused about where the souls of their babies are. So I will help her with that now that I know that. So thank you so much. And she just is so grateful to all of you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. All right. Well, Robin, Alexis, how can they, uh, how can they find you uh, if they wanted to know more? RobinAlexis.com. And thank you for having me on the show. Oh, definitely. And uh, for your connection with Marilyn and all the people that come to you to, uh, to find out more about her and uh, their own lives. You're listening to Goodnight Marilyn Radio. We'll continue our conversation right after the break. the experts. Call toll-free right now, 1-866-472-5787, and ask our all-star team to answer your question. That's 1-866-472-5787. Thank you for calling. VoiceAmerica.com. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. 
Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. Mad Genius Radio presents Marilyn. For those of us who can't get enough of Marilyn Monroe, especially her iconic musical performances, Mad Genius Radio has expertly curated a genre of hundreds of tracks performed by Marilyn and friends. It is the quintessential collection of music for a journey of glamour, grace, and allure. Listen for free only on Mad Genius Radio. Available in the App Store, Google Play, and desktop at madgeniusradio.com. Talk, talk, talk. That's all we do is talk. If you'd like to talk, call us toll-free right now at 1-866-472-5787. 1-866-472-5787. That's it. That's it. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to Goodnight Maryland Radio. Help us explore the mystery that is and was Marilyn Monroe. Call into our program at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. You may also send an email to MarilynLiveTalk at gmail.com. Now, back to this week's show. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to Goodnight Maryland Radio. We're kind of uh, going to uh, go back to our, our uh, last segment here. I have with me Lois Banner and Gary Vitaco Robles. I'm going to introduce Dr. Reef Kareem, who is a clinical psychiat- psychiatrist and a behavioral profile for profiler, as well as an assistant professor at UCLA. Welcome to the show, Dr. Reef. Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, so glad to have you here. Before we get into it, because I want them to go back over the medications, but you, could you break down for us the difference between, let's say, bipolar and borderline personality? Because those two terms get interchanged with Marilyn quite a bit. Yeah, there's a significant difference between the two. One, one is a true, what we call axis one in, in the psychiatry world, which basically means it's a neurochemical condition or a neurochemical disorder, bipolar disorder where you have manic episodes and you have depressive episodes. So these are individuals that for an episodic amount of time, a specific amount of time, they might have pressured speech and racing thoughts and not need to sleep, and they can go on spending sprees. They can be very hypersexual. They, uh, they're just not themselves, and, and they're up. They're very, very up. And then that can be followed by a depressive episode where they can be almost suicidal to the point where they don't want to ever get out of bed, where they want to isolate, not be with anybody else, have problems concentrating, paying attention, you know, all of that. Borderline personality disorder is a personality disorder. It's different. But the, the core feature of that is where people don't really have a, a strong sense of self. Their sense of self is very fragile. So they look towards other people to more or less define them. And you're always going to be disappointed with other people when you're, you're using them to try to define yourself. So now, what happens uh, is a lot of more... Oh, go ahead. No, a quick question for you. Can a bipolar... Can you have bipolar and a borderline personality together? 
you technically can, but it's it's pretty rare because okay. usually bipolar disorder can when when somebody's really bipolar, they're bipolar. I mean, they're manic, they're depressive, they're it's it's a pretty strong diagnosis, and a lot of really creative people you'll find out if they have some kind of mental health problem, it's, it's often bipolar disorder. Borderline personality disorder is almost like a disorder of, of the way you see the world relationally, the way you interact with other people, the way you see and view yourself. And a lot of people with borderline personality disorder, they act out. They, they cut on themselves. They, you'll see them, you'll see like superficial cuts on their arms. They'll, they'll have really chaotic relationships with other people. So, so um, Gary, uh, I'd like you to go over so Dr. Reef can actually hear all the medications that she was taking so he gets a, a breath of the last couple of months of her life. Can you just go over that one more time? Sure. There's um, Valmid and Librium and Chloral Hydrate and um, Parnate and Percodan and Dexedrine, Secanol, Tuanol, um, Nembatol, uh, Lamotol, um, Benergan and sulfa aliodine, sulfathalidine, which is a pain medication. Yeah, and so she had, and she was being prescribed Dr. Reef by two different doctors, um, maybe even three, um, not only for pain because she had gone through uh, surgery in July, but, uh, you know, Dr. Greenson was trying to detox her off Nebutol, and yet Dr. Engelberg was giving her more of it. Uh, if, if that's correct, both Lois and Gary uh, earlier in the show, that's what you had said. So with that in mind, Dr. Reef, what would you say in terms of those types of medications being mixed with a potential bipolar disorder? Well, first off, none of these meds are used for bipolar disorder. So let's, <laughs> let's just start right there. Because this, you know, when, uh, when the Michael Jackson tragedy happened, I, 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 com- I was brought in to, to do some commentary on the various medications and what special care is and what a doctor's relationship should be like in, in regards to abuse, liability, medications, and psychiatric meds. And I see the same concept happening here. You've got somebody who's incredibly over-medicated. The entire focus on the polypharmacy here is about insomnia. That's really what all these drugs primarily are for insomnia with some uh, being anxiolytics to decrease anxiety. But... There's not one bipolar medication on this this regimen. So you've no. got Valmid, you've got Valmid, which is a short-acting sedative hypnotic. You've got Librium for anxiety. You've got Coral Hydrate for sleep. You've got Parnate for depression. And if she has depression and she takes Parnate, fine. If she has bipolar disorder and she takes Parnate, there's a chance she might get worse on that medication. Then you've got a bunch of analgesics, and then you've got Dexedrine, which is a stimulant, which you absolutely don't want to give. It's the opposite medication you would give for bipolar disorder. And then you've got three or four different barbiturates, which are used for anxiety and sleep, but again, not for bipolar disorder. Yeah, and, and and let me ask you, you might not know, back in, you know, 1962, but 1962, they were pretty primal in terms of their, you know, uh, barbiturates were being used quite a bit back then. Yeah, barbiturates, and specifically the the, the second all, the two and alls, more than the nembutals. But yeah, those were being popped all the time. I mean, what what we have now in regards to prescription pills that everybody uses, like benzos and Adderall and 
and Vicodins, and people are just abusing those all over the place. That was that day in the 60s, 70s, 80s. That's what everybody was abusing. So these are not meds that were being used for a legitimate psychiatric illness. These were meds being used to get somebody to sleep and to decrease anxiety. And in my opinion, she's getting three or four of them at a time. They were being abused. Yeah, and so then the question I have for you, and it's kind of interesting when you start looking at possibly just investigating this portion of the case, with that alone, wouldn't that be an interesting way to look back and go, okay, um, was Marilyn really to blame in terms of being over-medicated? Because you look at uh, you know uh, Heath Ledger, Michael Jackson, it's not suicide, it's accidental overdose or undetermined at this point. What would your thoughts be on that? Yeah, I mean, I, I get asked that a lot, that question, and, and it's hard to determine. I mean, ultimately, you, meaning your audience, us, the celebrities, whoever it is, you are ultimately responsible for what you put in your body, ultimately. But if you have a severe psychiatric illness or if you're under the influence for some other reason, you might not have full capacity to make decisions that are appropriate for what you're doing. So what you do is you trust your doctor, you trust your support team, that you're making the right decisions. Now, if a doctor has some other ulterior motive, or if someone else on your team, your manager, your agent, your publicist, whoever, has some kind of ulterior motive to provide you special care instead of good care, then you're going to get whatever you want, which is what you're seeing with a lot of these celebrities that had really tragic overdoses. And this is probably similar. I mean, I've read all sorts of things about uh, a few of her doctors, specifically one of them, and and the way that he was prescribing, it just, that would not fly nowadays. I mean, that doctor <laughs> exactly. would be in a lot of trouble nowadays. I mean, exactly. that was really bad prescribing. Yes, yes. And so um, this conversation, I'm just going to tell you, we're going to have to pick this conversation up at another show. Um, sorry for the mixed match today, but uh, we at least got the, the, the highlights covered. Now we're going to go into more of the specifics in a later show because it certainly needs it needs warrants a lot more conversation. I want to thank you, Dr. Reef, for being on the show today. You could go to drreef.com to learn more about him. He's a wealth of information. I want to say thank you so much for jumping on today. No problem. Thank you. All right. Thank you. And also, Lois Banner, thank you so much. The Passion and the Paradox, her book. And of course, Gary Vitaco Robles. And uh, I'm so excited and happy pre birthday to you. We have to thank end. Thank you so much, uh, Nina. Oh, thank you guys for, uh, for uh, going with the flow today. And Robin and Alexis, thank you so much for uh, jumping into in the middle of the show in this conversation. Next week, we are going to switch gears a little bit and we're going to uh, talk about classic cool meets some like it hot. We'll have Dina Martin, Dean Martin. Martin's daughter on with us, shedding some light on old Hollywood, Kathleen Hughes, a stage, television, and film star, and a starlet during the time of Marilyn's era. And also, we are going to be celebrating Some Like It Hot with uh, Hotel Del, Del uh, Coronado's uh, historian, Christine Donovan, as uh, it celebrates its 56th anniversary. Until next time, I'm Nina Bosky for Goodnight Marilyn Radio. And remember, never stop dreaming. Thank you for joining us for today's show. Good Night Maryland Radio with Nina Bosky can be heard live every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Be sure to tune in again next week. <music>